Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey coaches, have you ever wished you could clone yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, the Sydney platform might be right up your alley. With my own work, I use the Sydney platform to connect with my coaches and leaders and stay organized when I'm not there. The app is super easy to use, and I love the video feature where teachers can film lessons and coaches and leaders can record video reflections. This app saves me a ton of time and is a game changer in terms of being able to truly connect to my people in between visits when I'm not there. I can even stay organized with the individualized resources section for each person I'm coaching all in one place. And I don't know about you, but I like to try something before I buy it. Because of that, I've gotten Sydney to let you try the platform for free first to see if it's actually a good fit. If you're interested, go to sydney.com slash TWE to check it out and claim your free coaching package. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash T-W-E or click the link in the show notes. Hello, 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 coaches and leaders. I am pumped to have my colleague and friend on with me, Whitney Triplett. She is, if you've listened to our previous episode together on um, on coaching versus consulting, uh, we had a really short, it's actually one of the most downloaded um, <laughs> episodes. It's really cool. And I, I think it, we, we uh, the, the episode's name is actually what you, when you think you're uh, coaching, but you're actually not. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so highly recommend listening to it, but I needed Whitney to come back on because she made a really great tool that actually supports school improvement plans. It is a coaching tool that supports school improvement plans. So I'm excited to have Whitney back on the show. So one, I wanted to welcome you back, Whitney. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me back on. Yes. So first, I want you to share with the listeners, um, what is your journey in education and what do you do now? I've been in education for about 13 years in lots of different roles. Started off as a science teacher in middle school. Then I switched into becoming an instructional coach at that same middle school from there. And even while I was an instructional coach, I was also doing RTI coordination, uh, IB coordinator. Uh, Mm -hmm. At one point in time, we didn't even have an assistant principal. So I was doing (laughs) admin stuff for sixth grade. Like it was, you know, that that catch all kind of position. Um, And then went from there to be a, a business coach and strategist, executive leadership kind of coach with some attorneys, which was a really fun journey to really expand my coaching um, capacity and toolkit myself. And uh, since then, or even throughout that journey, I've also been working as an education consultant. I love it. So we are going to talk about a tool that you actually created when you were a coach, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's like an RTI for teachers. And so for those that may um, not use RTI, um, 
It's RTI stands for response to intervention. And it is a tiered system for teachers to use with students. But the mm-hmm. thing that you created was a response to coaching intervention. So this is a way to provide differentiated support for teachers. Yes. So I the idea came from when I would describe to students when I was an instructional coach at a middle school, they they knew I did things, but the kids didn't really know what I did. And eventually I would tell them, oh, you know, I help the teachers in their classroom. You, you know, when you see me coming in, this is actually what I'm doing. And they were like, oh, you're like the teacher's teacher. I was like, I guess that's a way to consider it a little bit. I'm excited to talk about the tiers, right? And I just want to step back a little bit. Again, for anyone that's never done RTI within your school for students, the uh, original RTI was um, to really identify tier one um, support would be what does the whole class need support in? Mm-hmm. And then tier two support would be what does a small group need support in? And then tier three would be what does this individual student need support in? Absolutely. And having this this tool, this framework right here allows me to approach them with an open mind, whether you're in tier two, tier three. I know that this is aligning with your professional goals and needs. And that's what I'm here to do as your instructional coach. I want to support you in that. Yes, I love it. So I want to dive into this. So let's talk tier one support. So this is what you call introductory coaching, right? Mm -hmm. And it's essentially all educators would receive this tier one support. You say we need to do this introductory coaching for everyone beginning, middle and end of year. So everyone is getting a coaching touch point at least beginning, middle and end of Mm -hmm. year. Yes. And I am a firm believer that everybody can benefit from coaching. I don't care if this is your first year. I don't care if this is your 25th year, whatever the case may be, every professional, and this is really a professional thing, right? If you're a leader, you can benefit from coaching. If this is your early to the career, whatever the case may be, everybody can use a a safe space to be able to articulate their goals and to just do a little check-in. And that's what I call these touch points at the beginning, middle, and end of the year. So that way I can make sure I'm collecting data I'm availing myself to people. And this is something that's actually realistic because if you're like, if you were like me with one coach to 70 educators, it's not realistic for me to meet with them every single week. So this is something that I know I can tangibly do. And it's an achievable goal that can be measured over time. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, what, what did this look like? Yeah, so I would start it, honestly. Um, I would prioritize some of the newer teachers just because I also did a lot of the onboarding and, you know, new teacher prep and things like that. So I would start with them, usually during pre-planning when we have those initial meetings. And then I would go ahead and schedule time for, and I always had an open-door policy with my office, too. People knew that they could always come in. But then I would do exercises, like, at the very beginning of the year during pre-planning with the whole staff. You know, we're writing goals that we want to have down, put it in the envelope, you know, hand that over to me. I'll circle back or we'll bring this back up at your mid-year checkpoint. What are some, a, a letter to yourself by the end of the year. That's kind of, that's your accountability measure that we'll loop back in. And then also I'm, I'm the kind of person that would drop into your classroom. <laughs> hey, can I have five minutes? Because I know you've been busy. I just need, I need a one-on-one, just lay eyes on you, talk to you for a second, and then we can keep moving forward. It didn't always have to be super um, official, Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah. I didn't want to want them to perceive me that way. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to feel very casual and so they can be receptive to it. And usually I would do a follow up email. Um, just kind of I appreciate such and such. Just make sure, you know, that we're monitoring this. And I hope it's OK for me to circle back to you on down the thing that we talked about in the next couple of weeks. 
Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things you, you touched you touched on, which it doesn't have to be like super formal. Uh, you know, one of the things I think people get a bit collapsed is um, professional with formal. Like, like so, mm-hmm. to be professional, I have to be formal. And I think sometimes what happens is, in the name of prof- being professional, we uh, actually um, dismiss connection. We mm-hmm. we don't re- reduce the level of connect like human connection between people, right? And sometimes stepping down, reducing the level of formality, staying professional, right, mm-hmm. but not being so formal can really increase the connection with people. And you got to know your audience, right? Some educators just they prefer that face to face time, especially mm-hmm. if your classroom is the farthest hallway away where nobody ever comes down there to see you. You feel like you're just on an island. I made it a point to make sure I get down there and at least do a lap around there so they can see me. Um, so they know that, you know, they're part of, of, of the team as well, even if they're distant in their location. Yes. Tier two is less mm-hmm. teachers. Not everyone's getting tier two coaching. So what um, would uh, qualify a teacher to uh, receive tier two coaching? Yeah. So again, this is going to be aligned with our school improvement plan. Mm -hmm. So if there were literacy initiatives, if there were numeracy initiatives, anybody who fell into those categories, a lot of my math teachers, of course, the ELA department. And then I would also put my new teachers in this general coaching category, just anybody who's early to the profession. Let me clarify that because sometimes we say new teachers just because they're new to your building doesn't mean that they're an early career professional. So I would put those two groups typically in there, whoever is specifically like outlined in the school improvement plan, because you'll see here for the second tier, this is where we get periodic observations with some professional commendations and recommendations with some accountability and things woven in there. And that accountability is always tied to, again, what data are we collecting in our school improvement plan and how how are your skills and your behaviors in the classroom aligning with what we need over as our result in the plan. Love it. Okay. That's really clear. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then tier three coaching is called expanded coaching. Mm-hmm. So what, and this is going to happen quarterly, right? So it's not beginning, middle and end. It's going to be every quarter. So they will at least, they will at least have four touch points, not three. Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. And this is in addition to yes. sometimes sometimes they, they get general coaching. And then if you just happen to be on the seventh grade ELA team, you're also getting that expanded coaching mm-hmm. because y'all never taught ELA before. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And this is so perfect because this is what we do with students. Everyone gets tier one and we move up and then mm-hmm. students that need more support also get tier two. And then in addition, so it's all kind of adding together. It's cumulative. Correct. Yes. Perfect. So what would qualify a teacher to get expanded coaching? So expanded coaching is when we have analyzed the data. Let's say I'm so used since I said seventh grade ELA, right? Let's say year over year, we've noticed that the seventh grade ELA data is either stagnant or it's in, in declining or something like that. Then we would go ahead and target that group of teachers or that content area So that way they can get some expanded coaching support. So that's when I would actually go into their instructional planning meetings, literally going in and hearing them doing their weekly lesson planning, supporting them with some more research-based strategies, coming up with ideas for how they can approach things differently, ways to have more student-centered learning, you know, just some of the the pedagogy that we want to make sure is woven into our practices that sometimes get lost just because 
we're busy or, you know, we need to cover, I'm doing air quotes, we need to cover the material kind of thing. That's the focus when really it's more about are the students acquiring the knowledge and the skills that we need. So then that's where my presence would be actively in those planning meetings. So you're not just popping into a classroom, you're going into planning times, right? And we know that if there's ineffectiveness happening in a classroom, it could be planning or execution or both, right? Mm -hmm. Breakdowns in either or both of those. So let's talk tier four. So this is called comprehensive coaching. And I, I loved how you said, you said, if that's not enough. So it sounds like to me, someone would receive um, tier four support if tier three support isn't effective in causing a change. That's absolutely correct. So similarly, when you move in, up to tiers in RTI, you increase the frequency of the supports and the interventions. And that's the same thing that happens here. So instead of just like quarterly planning, uh, this is where we move into like bi-monthly. And really sometimes that'll, it says regular here because that means that you may have to go in every week sometimes with these people uh, to make sure, excuse me, these educators to make sure that they're aligning to what it is that we've said. There's some coherence and then you're actually seeing it in action. So you'll see peer observations are also woven into this because sometimes you need to step out of your own classroom to get some other perspectives. Sometimes you need to see other styles. There's also an opportunity here for you to get some more intensive mentoring as well as a part of that. And then you'll also have a recommended professional development. So this is where I would say like, hey, here's this other course, maybe from Arisa or something like that, that I think will help you with classroom management techniques that I think, you know, you'll get some benefit from additional supports and things like that. Um, also in here, I would have them do, uh, record themselves teaching a lesson, literally watch the video, give yourself feedback. And then now we're having a coaching conversation about that video. And I would, you know, put the, I forget what it's called, swivel maybe where they have the microphones on, you know, and I just put my iPad on the little machine and it would follow them around. That way I'm not sitting in there. The students don't behave any differently. You just tell them I'm wearing a microphone and that's it. And then you just do your normal thing. And then we can come back in here and uh, discuss it. It feels a lot more personal because we're actually mm-hmm. talking instead of in hypotheticals, we can actually see it. And I can have them lead the conversation and figure out, you know, their glows and their grows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. I hate that I didn't say this in the very beginning, but I firmly believe that like coaching is a very uh, private, confidential space. I like to make sure that I respect that for our educators. And The videos that we record, all those things are just between them and I. I do not share that with other, with admin. It's not a part of their evaluation. It is not intended to be evaluative or anything like that. It's solely for professional growth. So I just, I always like to go in because sometimes, especially if you're a new educator or something like that, you don't really know what's, what's happening with these things. But you need to be able to make sure that your team understands that you are a safe space for them. That you're you're not running back and reporting things unless it's like, you know, something that is um, a safety issue or something, you know, along those lines. But, yeah, you do, do want to make sure you emphasize confidentiality um, and that you can share these things. If they, if they did a wonderful job and they wanted to go to their administrator, please go ahead and share it. But if not, that just stays between us. And one thing I want to highlight about that, I, I recently did a keynote. And one of the, the pieces that I talked about was... Uh, we want to intentionally build trust and not assume it. And one of the Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, I think misunderstandings within coaching in schools is coaches assuming that they're trustworthy and that their teachers, all of their teachers trust them, right? Because it's mm-hmm, like, if mm-hmm. I have a trusting relationship with myself, I'm a good person. They trust me. Let's not assume they trust us. So one way of doing that, of building trust and not assuming it is being transparent about confidentiality about our intentions when we're doing these things and not being ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Especially if at your school, you're an instructional coach that walks around with a walkie talkie. I know I was one of those ones because now I look like I'm on the admin team Mm -hmm. and I'm going to admin meetings, but really I'm more of like your advocate in those meetings, your liaison kind of thing. Um, But the perception can be a little skewed off sometimes too, because there'd be times where there were no administrators in the building and then it was just me. And it's like, Oh, well, I gotta, I gotta help out. So now I'm doing administrative type things, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a little blurred, but there are a lot of uh, school districts now that are making coaches only do coaching, which I'm so thankful and grateful for because uh, we need the dedicated time to offer those supports. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, uh, and I do want to share that uh, Mississippi, the whole state of Mississippi has created Coaching positions and by law protect the coaching positions. Yeah. So listen to that episode as well. And mm-hmm. it's called. Is it the called? Mississippi Miracle? Uh, they're, uh, they're calling them the Mississippi Miracle. Oh, I love that they're called the Mississippi Miracle. It is not that, but I should have um. that. It was <laughs> the coaching model made them national news. And mm. they really credit a lot of their. Uh, progress to the coaching model. So, okay. So I want to, I want to let, let's come back to our, our RTI or RCI, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, tier five support. This is the most intensive level of support and it's called intensive coaching, right? Mm-hmm. And this is ongoing and regular. So what would qualify a teacher to receive this level of coaching and what did it look like? Yeah, so a lot of, and sometimes um, for the intensive coaching, it would be recommended from the administrator. Let me also say that the administrators would also say, hey, you need to move this person up because I'm getting this about the data or I'm noticing this behavior issues in their classroom, you know, whatever the case may be. So let me also put that little caveat in there. The admin can say, hey, you need to escalate this person. Um, So intensive coaching typically with someone who um, feels like they're drowning, someone who can't even see the positive in the work that they're doing, somebody who feels defeated, somebody who um, has expressed a level of need that is beyond just the scope of what I could have provided being, again, the ratio one to 70 plus. Um, So this is where you will see for this intensive coaching, increased instructional planning, but I would also leverage some professional uh, consultants. So for example, just keeping seventh grade ELA as an example, I had a literacy specialist that uh, we consulted with to come in and actually go into those meetings, planning with them, peer, like modeling, observing, doing coaching cycles with them as well. And then me and that person would kind of share out and report and kind of tag team them because they have a specialty that is this person needs content expertise. I need you to come in and give them just that thing. So that would probably be the the biggest one is I'm bringing in outside um, additional support. And then again, again, increasing the outside professional development opportunities again. So that's where, you know, I'm circling back to Risa. I'm going to the universities, seeing if they have any like one-off courses or webinars, um, any of those kinds of things that this person can, um, can attend. So that way they could see more of the success that I know that they can have. 
So that's where that, like I'm bringing in like an army of support for this particular person. I love it. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is so comprehensive. So this is an incredible tool. I'm excited to share this with all of our listeners. Um, so is there anything else that you would like to add around the philosophy or the thinking through this response to coaching intervention? Yeah, I will say that this is intended to be used as a way to offer yourself up for the support that you want to have and the impact that you want to have. It's not intended to label. Mm -hmm. It's not intended to demean or demoralize or make anybody feel inadequate. It's a, a path forward. So that way you can make sure you are providing the coaching support that you, that you need to be providing for your educators in your building. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you for saying that. Right. And it's whenever I share models like this, it, it can go very quickly into labeling. And that's a thing that we always want to be mindful of. This isn't a good, bad, this isn't a judgment call. We're not judging people. It's not good to be mm-hmm. on one, one, uh, um, one tier and bad to be on another tier. This is a way to differentiate to meet mm-hmm. the different needs of teachers, just like we do with students. Adults have different learning needs as well. Yes. And I will say that this is now evolving to this idea of um, educators as practitioners. This is a, a professional learning kind of program that I'm planning out. So hopefully you'll see this turn mm-hmm. into another bigger, beautiful thing. Just how we are practitioners of, you know, the field of education. There's an art and a science to it that sometimes we forget or get so lost. I love it. So thank you so much for being on the show and sharing this incredible tool with everyone listening. I hope it is utilized um, within schools. We would love feedback as well. Please let us know, reach out, let us know if you're using this and how it's going. And um just thank you for being on the show again, sharing your beautiful wow. knowledge with everyone. I appreciate you for having me. And it is available on my website. I want you to go there, use it, print it out. Like you said, put it in one of your books or something like that. Use it to help you set yourself up for success as you're getting deeper into this school year. If you're interested in knowing more, you can always reach out. There's a form on my website, whether it's, you know, just coaching conversations around how to use the tool or just how, how do you leverage more of that educator as practitioners program, like all the things that can help you support your school community. Just let me know. And I'm here. Love it. Thank you so much for being here. And if you're interested in downloading this document, there's a link in the show notes to do that as well. We recognize that a complimentary resource could be our four levels of resistance document. So we have a link for you to download that for free as well. Looking at the RTI as what to do and when you are being faced with resistance to change, How do you impact different motivations? So that document really helps you navigate different reasons why teachers resist change. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.